Hello, my friends, and welcome to Studio de Hifri. I am Kavanaugh. Jeff Cavanaugh, that is. Welcome in. It's good to see you guys. Getting ready for Cowboys training camp and getting ready to go do some radio. I asked my friends at the Ben and Skin Show if I could do radio with them this week again. And they were kind enough to say yes. So from 2 to 5 today, and I believe tomorrow, I will be on with them. And then it'll be off to Cowboys training camp. The Ben and Skin Show, by the way, is one of the sponsors of my uh, travels to Oxnard, which is great because spreading the awareness of the Ben and Skin Show on 97.1 The Eagle and the iHeartRadio app, if you're out of the listening area, is a pride and joy of mine because I love those guys, as evidenced by the fact that I'm on the air with them all the time. And you can hear me every day, Monday through Friday, at 4.15 p.m. Central Time doing a Cowboys hit on the Ben and Skin Show on 97.1 The Eagle. The other guy who's going to be sponsoring my trip is actually my buddy Ziggy. Make sure I get his website right, though. One and only Ziggy.com. The one and only Ziggy.com. Let's see. It is, of course, one and only Ziggy.com. I don't know if you guys have seen my tombstone poster that he made for me. I should have had it in here. But it's a Doc Holiday ink on cardboard and it just says say when. Badass. So one and only Ziggy.com. If you want stuff to put on your walls, if you're down with art things, our boy Ziggy is a monster and it's actually affordable, unlike most art, which we love. All right, what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Kilgore in the building, in the super chat. Of course, of course, of course. Did you see Dave's live stream, Jeff? He did pretty good. I hadn't seen it yet, but I'll be doing like 10 of those with him when we get to camp. A couple things I want to talk about today. One, quarterback rankings and where Dak belongs and why I've told you guys this before, I think. The actual order is totally irrelevant. Like arguing this guy versus this guy is totally irrelevant because it's impossible to prove and you just don't know. Like no matter what your favorite quarterback stat is, total QBR, uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, like whatever your favorite quarterback stat is, and you're like, see, that's why this guy is the best. All of them are influenced by how well does his team block, how good are his weapons, blah, 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 blah. Who is his play caller? So no stat's going to be perfect. You just watch them all play and you figure it out. And there's only one right way to rank quarterbacks, and there's a guy who does it every year, and I'll take you through it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online when the game starts. So top of the morning, Twitch throwing a fit right now. Why? What happened to Twitch? Hi, Mikey D watching on the Twitch. I see you. I see you Twitch people. I think my Twitch is throwing up like a bunch of ads or something. I don't know. I don't know. John on Facebook said categories, elite, damn good, serviceable, questionable, reserve. Dak belongs in the damn good category. Okay, so that's the point on quarterbacks that I really want to get to because that's the only way, like anybody who does the, hey, here's numbers, one through 10, one through 10, one through 10, one through 15, five through 30. Like I don't give half a crap what your little order is in particular. Tiers is how you do quarterbacks which is why the sandwich man, Mike Sando at The Athletic, when he puts his list out every year, which based on reading the quotes in it, like he actually tells you exactly how many people 
kind of voted on it and all that. And it's way more realistic than the ESPN one where they did every position. So like 50 NFL coaches, executives have, they do this every year and it's just tiers. He says, what tier is each quarterback in? And the tiers are one, two, three, four, five. That's it. A tier one quarterback is a certified badass that's going to carry your team and you're going to be kick-ass because he exists. A tier two quarterback is pretty damn good quarterback who, you know, if he does a little more, he could be tier one. And if he sucked a little more, then he'd go down to tier three, which is average to above average. And then tier four is eh, not so much. And tier five is that's how you do it. So tier one, Aaron Rodgers got the most tier one votes because he got all 50 tier one votes. Aaron Rodgers is a top tier quarterback. No doubt about that, right? Patrick Mahomes is a top tier quarterback. No doubt about that, right? Tom Brady, third. Josh Allen, fourth. Justin Herbert, fifth. I like Justin Herbert a lot. But, man, he dodges some of the criticisms that other quarterbacks don't get to dodge, doesn't he? He hadn't even been to the playoffs. Joe Burrow, sixth. These are all Tier 1, and that is the end of Tier 1, according to NFL coaches and executives. I don't hate that. I think Josh Allen's getting a pretty big bump from his playoff run, as is Joe Burrow. But if you told me that those are the six best quarterbacks in football, I wouldn't fight you too hard. I think the next four or five guys could fight to be in that conversation, but here's tier two of NFL quarterbacks and the definition. Tier two quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. Matt Stafford is at the top of tier two, according to NFL executives. And I do appreciate that because everybody got real up on Matt Stafford because they won the Super Bowl. Fun stat about the 2021 Rams in the playoffs. They averaged 10 and a half expected points added per game on defense and special teams fourth best defense and special teams performance in the playoffs among, uh, among the last 20 Super Bowl winners. Their offense lost two and a half expected points added per game in the playoffs. Second worst among the last 20 Super Bowl winners. So yeah, team game and Matt Stafford's team is most of the reason they won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson in tier two at number eight. Deshaun Watson in tier two. At number nine, Lamar Jackson in tier two. At number 10, Dak Prescott in tier two. At number 11, Derek Carr in tier two. At number 12, Kyler Murray in tier two. At number 13, Matt Ryan at number 14. And that is the end of tier two. That's the only way to rank quarterbacks. Like the idea that you can really distinguish between, man, Kyler Murray's better than Matt Ryan. Okay, maybe. Derek Carr is better than Dak Prescott some weeks. That's how you rank quarterbacks. You put them in your tiers and you figure out what tier they're in. And I agree that there is a tier that exists above the way that Dak Prescott has played so far in his career. And he belongs in whatever your second tier is. My second tier might have Herbert and Burrow down in it. And the top one just be, hell, it might just be Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But if you want to put Brady in there and if you want to put Josh Allen in there, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, you could debate who could possibly go up or down a tier. 
But that's how you rank quarterbacks. If you have a quarterback who's in tier one, you are thrilled. If you have a quarterback who is in tier two, you are happy with your quarterback. Once you get to tier three, four, and five, you are really looking to figure out, is there a way I can get better at quarterback? Like the Colts. The Colts had, I bet Wentz is in tier three. Let me check. Carson Wentz is in, he's tied for 20th. Let's see, is that, yeah, that's tier three. So they had a quarterback that was tier three in the NFL, which basically works out to they had an average-ass NFL quarterback. So they got rid of him. And they got a tier two quarterback and Matt Ryan. That's how you do it. Wilson is a tier one QB. Shouldn't be a doubt there. Well, the Seahawks went to poop lately. Um, when they really let him cook, things got squirrely on him. I think it's very possible that at the end of the year, we acknowledge that again. But I got no problem with Russell Wilson being in tier two at the moment. The only guy in tier two that I think could be in tier one is actually Lamar Jackson. But we won't worry about that. But that's how you rank quarterbacks. You rank quarterbacks by, do I have a okay quarterback and I'd like to have a much better quarterback? Do I have a really good quarterback that I hope is about to become an incredible quarterback? Or do I already have an incredible quarterback? And as a Cowboy fan, you have a really good quarterback that you hope is about to be incredible. That's what you hope. That's how it goes. Okay. Couple of Dallas Cowboy things before we get headed to training camp where I will be headed on Wednesday morning. Couple of things that people sent me on the Twitter as questions, and you're obviously welcome to send in questions on the super chat. Um, how do you feel about the second year corners we have? Also, any offseason and preseason favorites so far? I'm gonna start with actually the second part of that. My off-season slash preseason favorite so far has been uh, one thing you'll never question about Dak is like his football makeup, his character, and his work ethic. So there are, I'm sure, plenty of players in the NFL that in the off-season, they have an off-season. Whereas Dak, his last couple off-seasons, one, he went way too hard trying to rehab something, and so he had to have an extra surgery, and that wasn't good, but it was because the dude works too hard, somebody has to stop him. Uh, this off-season, what I like is videos saying I promise I'm working hard and getting in shape don't mean a whole lot, but the number of things you've seen where Jalen Tolbert, third-round rookie wide receiver, are he's with Dak Prescott in workout settings, that's what gives you a chance as a rookie to make an impact is recognizing that there ain't enough time in OTA minicamp training camp to really vibe with your quarterback as a rookie so what do you do you take your own time and you work on vibing with your quarterback uh, i love that their skill position group and their quarterback are spending a whole bunch of time together working in the offseason that's great i actually love the cd lamb videos where that he's posting zeke ones are good too you guys are gonna call me a zeke hater but no zeke looks really good that's great but the cd ones you can see how he's working on his releases and his breaks, and it almost looks, I'm not comparing the two players, but just the movement patterns and releases and how they try to separate. It's like the slipperiness and the lateral moves and slides. Kind of looks Devontae Adams-ish. Kind of looks Devontae Adams-ish. So, yeah, so far my um, off-season and preseason favorites are probably CeeDee Lamb videos and Jalen Tolbert being around the quarterback all the time. That's what I like. 
The uh, first part of the question, how do you feel about the second-year corners we have? Show me is how I feel. I was skeptical of the Nation Wright pick when they made it. Uh, I mean, I didn't because of where other people had him ranked. I never even studied him until after they picked him, and then I did. And I was like, okay, that's a draftable player. Uh, I still thought there were better corners available when he got picked. I'm scared of the six foot four corner. I'm just, I'm terrified of him because man coverage is hard when you're that tall. Um, there's positives to it too. Press man coverage. You can be annoying and you can be able to take away windows on deep balls, but I was just kind of skeptical of that pick. So I don't have a lot of hope that nation Wright's ever going to be a dude that starts for the Cowboys or in the NFL. If he does, that would be great. I just, I don't believe it. Uh, or I'm not optimistic about it. Kelvin Joseph is obviously the interesting one. Mickey Spagnola yesterday was writing that basically that he's been cleared and that the Cowboys are moving forward as if, Hey, rock and roll. And we'll see like the league sometimes suspends people way late. And maybe there's a suspension coming for Kelvin Joseph, but if not, you rock and roll. The only, he's going to show me. Because last year he was banged up a little bit. When he got on the field, I thought it was reasonably promising what Kelvin Joseph did. He's a second round pick, so they would love for him to take a starting job. But Anthony Brown was solid last year. Maybe somewhere between decent and solid. Jordan Lewis was somewhere between decent and solid. You would love for Kelvin Joseph to go take one of those jobs, but coming off of the offseason he just had and the incident that he just had, like you're not going to give it to him. He's going to have to go take it. So I would love um, if he did, because you always want the younger player to go earn a job because in theory he's going to get better and better more than the fourth or fifth or sixth-year player. So I'd love for Kelvin Joseph to end up being a starter on this team, but until I see it, I'll expect it's going to be the same old dudes. Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Was Burrow in his tier one or two? Who's in his tier one? I probably would put him in tier two and make him prove it. But like Herbert too, and probably Josh Allen. But we get a lot of recency bias when you do these things, and that's okay. And that's okay. Would you take Vasher or Fihoko to make the roster? Probably Fihoko just because he was a draft pick. But... The receivers, CD, Gallup, maybe on Pup, Tolbert, Washington, Noah Brown. I think that's your top five. And then after that, I get it. We'll, we want to be optimistic about new guys and guys that most people haven't heard of. And it's like, oh, sweet, what a cool name. Or he went to this school. Fihoko or Vasher, if they become a legit NFL player, that would be against the odds. That would be Those are names that I am not banking on being a big part of this bad boy. Do you see getting better play out of the safety group or the D tackle group from Dean on Twitter? Safety. The D tackle group, I don't love. I hope Osa takes a step. I hope Gallimore shows consistency and is as good as he flashes that he could be. But I just keep going back to like, I compare with teams in your division and with the Eagles, if you look at their defensive tackle group, it's Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis. Any one of their top three D tackles would be your best D tackle comfortably easily um so that group for the cowboys is not impressive to me it's just guys and sometimes you're gonna have just guys at positions you don't get to be great everywhere but there's not a dude in that d tackle group that i'm like yes maybe osa could become a disruptive guy there in the middle how are we feeling about jonathan i don't have my pronunciation guide yet texas tech kicker man being the kicker will he be an improvement 
or are we still going to be missing extra point kicks? I'll tell you guys a secret football phone I have. The kicker shouldn't matter. Shouldn't. With Zerline on extra points, sometimes he did. But ultimately, you know what Zerline was last year? League average, just like every other kicker. They all make about the same amount of kicks. If you miss too many extra points, that's weird. He did. That was weird. There's Justin Tucker, and then there's the NFL kickers. If you have a bad one, then your front office is screwing up terribly because there's a bunch of dudes that are going to do about the same thing when it comes to kickers. It's Justin Tucker and a bunch of kickers. So either Texas Tech man or Learum, who they brought back in, one of them, they're going to make 80% of their kicks. They're going to make almost all of their extra points. They're going to be kickers. That's what they're going to do. Travis, stats show players who get sacks in college will find a way to get them in the NFL. How much will Tank and Micah help Sam Williams in his rookie year? I, Travis, if you have a link to an article that shows that, I'd like to see it. Because a lot of years, some of the leading sack guys in college, I watch their tape and I'm like, yeah, not very good. Uh, what was the name? There was a Florida State defensive tackle a few years ago, Walker maybe. And he led the country in sacks. Like he had 18 or 20 sacks. And I watched his tape and I was like, yeah, it's not an NFL player. And he got drafted mid to late, and I don't even know where he is now. Uh, it's not really about sack numbers in college that you drafted high or predict what you're going to be in the NFL. It's what do you do? Like, how'd you get him? Why'd you get him? If the answer is I, at the snap of the ball, I ran past a guy who's not going to be playing pro football ever. All right, that's good. It helped your college team. But did you do it because of your explosiveness, your bend, your power, your hand placement, your, you know, is it technique? Why did you get the sacks? And with Sam Williams, I think his sack totals were great in the SEC. I think how he got them was okay, but his athletic testing is great. He looks like he's naturally powerful enough to play the run as well. So there's a lot to like about Sam Williams. Uh, and having Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons, if they're both rushing a passer on a given play, Sam Williams is going to have one-on-one -on -one because they ain't worried about Sam Williams if Tank Lawrence and Micah Parsons are on the field. Ryan in the Super Chat, do you think that Kelvin Joseph's somewhat limited role at the moment is more of an indictment of his play or mostly about how good players like Anthony Brown are? I think it's all of that. I believe, if I remember right, he was Kelvin Joseph at one point was banged up in training camp, the time where, as a rookie, you want him to go take the job or you want to give him the opportunity to take the job. And then during the season, he was banged up again. And when he did get the opportunity to play, uh, I thought he looked pretty good, pretty capable. But he never had the opportunity for a long enough stretch to consistently be on the field and practice or games to try to take a job. So for Kelvin Joseph, the biggest thing is going to be that starting in two days, he's healthy. And that he's healthy all the way through camp and all the way through the preseason. Because if you aren't, there's no way to give you a job. No way. Well, I mean, I'll give you a roster spot, but there's no way to give you a starting job. So he has to be, um, he's got to be healthy. That's what he's got to do. What's the problem with Moore's running scheme from Rene De Los Santos? Here's the dirty little secret that nobody wants you to know. I'm going to look this up real quick. Pretty sure Tony Pollard averaged five point something yards per carry last year. And Zeke averaged like four and a half. Let me get it right, though. Tony Pollard averaged five and a half yards per carry. And Zeke averaged 4.2 with a banged up left knee. Those numbers on the whole are fine. 
They're more than fine. I mean, even averaging those two out, Zeke got more carries than Pollard, so it's not a meet-in-the-middle thing, but that probably averages out to like 4-7 a carry. It's fine. Pretty good. Second half of the season just got wonky on you because your quarterback got hurt. Your quarterback got hurt. I can't. I can't even like all, a lot of it's nonsensical because Lyle Collins came back and he was a better run blocker than Terrence Steele was in the first six weeks. Yet as a whole, the team ran the ball better early while they had a healthy quarterback. Um, so it's hard to explain, but schematically, the only thing that I don't like about Kellen Moore is that he they just don't run the ball outside enough for something that is more successful consistently than running the ball inside. They still didn't do it enough. And I remember when he got asked about it at one point late in the season, and his answer was something along the lines of, that's a fair point. It's like, okay. <laughs> so do it. Um, Let me see. Did I go back? Oh, yeah. You see, going back to the better play out of the safeties or the defensive tackles, if you don't have an injury, I think your safety group might be really good. Jaron Curse was great last year. Malik Hooker got better and better as the year went on. I was surprised by how well he was playing the run and tackling. Um, you've got a chance to have a really good safety group. Cowboys go out and sign a bigger name free agent wide receiver if blank happens in training camp or preseason if CeeDee Lamb gets hurt. If CeeDee Lamb gets hurt, your offense is shot. Shot. Imagine if you had to start the season and if you had to start it today and C.D. Lamb's toe hurt and he couldn't play, right? I don't want to put any bad juju, so I'll just say his toe hurt. Uh, you would be running out. Your number one wide receiver is either journeyman James Washington or third-round pick Jalen Tolbert. The other one's your number two receiver. and Noah Brown's your number three receiver. Boy, your offense is shot. Shot. Tony Pollard averaged eight and a half rushes and two and a half catches per game. How much should that go up this upcoming year? I believe that Tony Pollard should have 11 to 12 carries a game. That gets you to about 200 in a season. And I think that Tony Pollard should have probably five to seven targets per game. So 15 to 20 touches a game. And I think Zeke should have around the same number or just a little bit less, at least to start the year. This is in my world. In the world where I'm the coach, Tony Pollard is going to be our 55-45 or 60-40 guy. And if the numbers of their production remain as they have throughout Pollard's career so far, then that's what we're going to do. Or we'll keep it going even further the other way. But if it turns out that with a different distribution, Zeke is outperforming Pollard, then guess what? I'll try giving him the ball more. It's a really easy thing that... It's not just football that sports teams don't do because they play their money. That's what they do. I think the Yankees are still playing Joey Gallo a decent amount. You play your money, and um, it's kind of silly. It's kind of silly. If a, limb, if a lamb injury kills the offense, then that's a massive failing of Moore, not the injury. No, it's a massive failing of Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Will McClay. They're going into camp with literally one proven commodity at wide receiver. One, And they're asking him to take on a role that he hasn't really done yet. So in some ways, you could say they have zero proven commodities for what they're being asked to do at wide receiver. You got one wide receiver. That ain't on Kellen Moore. There's wide receivers on the market right now. 
and they might be washed and they might be injury prone and they might be like T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Julio Jones might turn out that they're about done, but man, it'd be much smarter to have one of them in camp. Do you think it's better for the Cowboys to spend a bit now or to roll over cap space for some of our upcoming free agents and long-term cap health? They could do both. They could spend, I mean, look, the Lyle Collins money as of next year is zero. The Amari Cooper money as of next year is zero. Like they've got money that is saved. Signing Trayvon Diggs or CeeDee Lamb or guys like that is not going to be a problem. Uh, they could spend this money and be just fine relative to the cap next year because they don't do all the tricks or not much of the tricks that the teams who go big time spending year to year do. Their cap is incredibly healthy. Incredibly healthy. Uh, they can do whatever they want. They could spend some money right now. They could. They could. Um, I think that's what I got for you guys today. Thanks to my friends at Bet Online for uh well being my partner. Appreciate you guys. And thanks you guys for being here. Uh I will be in Oxnard in two days. Woo woo. Remember, you have no idea what anyone is going through. So be cool to everyone. I love you. Bye.